This is an IG Partner content podcast. The news and editorial team had no role in its preparation. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Decoding the Markets, a series of three podcasts from IG, giving a global perspective on investing trends. I'm Satmont Panda and in today's episode, Currency Conundrum, we'll be looking at how key events such as the US election and Brexit negotiations will impact the dollar and sterling. And we'll also be looking at the outlook for other currencies reacting to the news agenda. Joining me are senior economist Peter Dixon from Commerce Bank and Jeremy Naylor from IG. Jeremy, I'm going to start with you. The US election is not far away now, but it is expected that it will last days and even weeks longer than usual because of the mail-in ballot. So what effect do you think this is going to have on the dollar? You know what the typical question is, or the answer is that uh, an election is a time of uncertainty for markets, and clearly uh, this will be for the dollar. Ultimately, the dollar strength is based on the economic health of the nation as a whole. And they want to see clarity from this process of uh, of electioneering and the process of vote counting, and ultimately whether or not the end result is accepted by either side in the presidential debate. The longer that continues, the longer the uncertainty, and I think the longer we're going to see any lack of firm direction for the dollar. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. If I can just jump in there, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, in terms of this election, perhaps compared to previous ones, you know, normally we'd, we'd be asking the question, does it matter who wins? And, and what would the impact of the, of the president be on the dollar in the day after the election? But as, as you rightly point out, this time it's all about process, which is sl- slightly ironic. And I don't think we've, we've seen a, a precedent for that, certainly uh, not in my lifetime and not in our textbooks. So it really is going to be about how the markets digest the uncertainty. And of course, the problem is that we don't know how long this uncertainty will last for. If you think back to 2000, the election you know, dragged on for, for weeks. And Peter, you said it's normally the, the president would be looking at that would determine our um, outlook on the dollar. So outside of this uncertainty, who do you think will be better for the, the dollar, Biden or Trump? Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure whether it matters who is um, the you know who, who's a better president from a dollar perspective. I mean, I would say from an equity market perspective, and then we'll come back to the dollar in a second. From an equity market perspective, I rather suspect Trump would be the guy because um, you know some of the policies which Biden is proposing, notably raising corporate taxes, will presumably impact upon the equity market, and I therefore suspect that you know if we see the equity market beginning to wobble a little bit it might also reduce the dollar's attractiveness as a as a as a haven in these difficult times so it's it's entirely possible to imagine a scenario in which other things being equal of course a a biden presidency might lead to a weaker dollar than would trump but i think you have to factor in the prospect that a new Trump administration would almost certainly mean a ratcheting up of tensions with China. Uh, And to the extent that this has proven to be a major cause for market concern over recent years, I think in the longer term, a a Trump policy with regard to China, which is a lot more aggressive perhaps than we've seen over the past four years, it could actually be, be quite dollar negative. Because obviously, as we all know, nobody wins trade wars, and I don't think anybody wins currency wars either. Okay, thank you. And let's talk about the UK now and, of course, Brexit. Sterling does only seem to be moving in reaction to news around Brexit rather than any sort of labour market news or, or comments from the Bank of England. Do you think that's just going to be the case for a long time? 
I certainly do. I mean, I think it's you know front and center the issue which you know concerns international investors, certainly with regard to currencies. You know, I do a lot of the discussions with uh, with German clients, for example. Um, and to the extent that they care about the UK, the only thing they want to talk about is is Brexit. And obviously, that kind of interest is reflected in in currency movements, you know, short term currency movements. And what I think what's interesting is that whenever you get some good news, you get a little bit of an uptick. When you get bad news, obviously things don't look so good for the currency. But it will continue. Hopefully, however, the volatility that we are we are we're seeing in the currency will begin to dissipate by the end of this year, assuming we get a deal, because we've passed that critical threshold. And obviously we therefore have got the deadline behind us, therefore then becomes a, a more open-ended discussion. Uh, and I'm therefore hopeful that you know fundamentals may start to reassert themselves. When I say hopeful, I, I would say hopeful, but not confident. But uh, you know, certainly uh, we'd like to think that international investors would start looking at, the, at sterling with regard to the fundamentals rather than Brexit, because at the moment there's a very big risk premium priced into the currency. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? With the um, with the COVID backdrop, the economic stresses and strains that we have here, sterling has been picking up over the last uh, week or so against the US dollar. We breached the one thirty level, which is a critical level of interest for for, for traders. Uh, just ahead of where we are, we've got some resistance cropping up at one thirty five. That sort of area there, where we saw those uh, levels hit sometime back end of last year, beginning of this year, were the highs. But I think if we get a deal, Peter, I don't know whether or not you agree with me, we could actually end up seeing sterling start to really pull away. And we've got those highs we saw back in April 2018, I think it was something like around about the 143 level. Now, that could be the sort of area of interest, I think, for sterling if we do get a deal. Yes, it does depend on what sort of deal. And if it's a can kicking down the road exercise, then maybe there might be a little bit of a, a, a muted reply to that. But if any sort of deal comes through, where sterling, where the UK is able to continue uh, with goods and services across the border, I think we could well see a very strong sterling out of this. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but certainly against the US dollar. Against the euro, I'm not so sure, because a good deal for the UK is obviously going to be a good deal for Europe as well. So how sterling trades against the euro, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. We, we, we would expect to see some form of sterling bounce. I mean, I take the view that the, you know, the movements in the currency are likely to be highly asymmetric. In other words, there is potential for upside in the in the event of a deal at the end of the year, but there's a, a lot more potential for downside in the event that there isn't one. So, you know, whilst I think there is you know, the potential for sterling to go, say, 135 against the US dollar quite easily in the event of a deal, much will depend upon A, the tone of the negotiations, I think, leading up to it, um, and B, the extent to which uh, a lot of open questions remain. Because I think so long as the services area remains unresolved, and, and let's not forget that the UK runs a very large surpluses in services trade, I think it might be difficult to uh, imagine a big bounce, a, a much bigger bounce in sterling. Uh, it might therefore be you know, a, a slower haul. We, you know, we get into early January, sterling spikes up to 135. Um, and, and as long as things go OK with regard to Brexit and, and with regard to the economy, you know, maybe we start to, to dribble upwards slowly thereafter. But um, much above 140, I think, uh, in 2021 20, uh, might be a bit of a stretch in my view. So outside of Brexit and the US election, the only other news seems to have been coronavirus. Jeremy, tell us, what other currencies are you looking at? And is it just still a coronavirus story? Or there, is there anything else that we should be aware of? Well, I think you've got to look at some of the emerging market currencies that have been beaten up so so much. Brazilian real, there's the uh, Mexican peso, there's the Turkish lira. We could see some of these economies if they if there is some sort of a, 
a vaccine, if there is some sort of uh, interest once again in these emerging market areas, they, those could be the ones that might bounce back. In, in, in terms of the broad sweep in the currency markets, if there's economic turmoil, if there's US election uncertainty with contested outcome and a further COVID-led crackdown on movement and hospitality, etc., if there's a general market wobble, then I'd be looking for protection around possibly the Japanese yen, which has traditionally been one of those sort of safe haven areas within the foreign exchange markets. Yeah, I tend to agree. Unfortunately, I don't see much good news coming out of the emerging markets anytime soon. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that if, if you talk about the Brazilian real, not so much the Turkish lira, but the Brazilian real, the Mexican peso, I mean, there are, there are countries in which the COVID infection rates are exceptionally high. Um, so I, th- I think that COVID is a factor which is impacting not only on currencies, but also on equity markets. In other words, areas or countries which have high infection rates tend to be ones which the markets avoid. Now, you're right, if there's a vaccine forthcoming in the course of maybe by the end of this year or into 2021, things might turn around. But I, I think the fundamental situation in many of these countries is um, it's not particularly supportive. Uh, and I'm tending to look to, you know, closer to home to some of the you know, the European uh, currencies, um, you know, keeping an eye particularly on the euro, how safe the euro is as a haven is questionable. But certainly the Swiss franc is uh, one of those con- currencies which uh, I continue to like. Safe havens, just because of the volatility that's being brought about by Brexit and the US election and coronavirus? Um, I think it is a market in which investors are not going to want to take any risks, yes. So I think it will be a case of investors will continue to you know, look at those markets where they're going to take the smallest loss, if you like. It's a loss minimization strategy. For the remainder of the year, hopefully you know, the US election will take some of the pressure off the markets generally. But I think that the COVID crisis has sufficient potential to damage things well into next year. The investors are going to remain very flat in their positioning with regards to some of the more exalted currencies. And Jeremy, what's your strategy for the rest of the year? Well, I'm afraid to have to say it's not really much different. This COVID issue is certainly going to overshadow everything that happens, apart from the US election, as we've discussed. And I, I'm a little bit fearful about the outlook for 2021. My main concern is the fact that this uncertainty that we're going to get into this, well into this last quarter of the year, persists well into 2021. Uh, and, and if that happens, then well, we'll have to regroup in the new year to see where things go and how successful one of the US candidates may be to give some sort of global leadership. If we do get global leadership and we do get a a fresh new look at things from the States, as Peter was saying earlier, this does have ramifications around the world. And it is important we do get some sort of global leadership, I think, in these these rather dark times. Get that. And I think we could well be looking slightly more favorably on 2021. But unless there's some sort of um, real firm direction given to us uh, in that sort of way, uh, I'm, I'm really quite sort of concerned about the outlook and would stay very defensive. Great. Thank you very much, Jeremy and Peter. Do make sure you tune in for the next episode when we'll be talking about investing in the current climate. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 